Welcome to the Christ Community Church podcast. I am Ryan, joined by Chris, and today we are diving into Sunday's message, Sunday, August 6th, entitled Radical Acceptance. Uh, Chris, excited to be here and to uh, talk about the message with you. Yeah, another great message. This one following last week's message. We weren't with you last week, but um, we uh, Pastor Dustin talked about radical forgiveness, and then it's just fitting that the next week we talk talked about radical acceptance. Uh, really good couple weeks, very convicting, but it was good to dive into them. Great. Also, please don't call me Pastor Ryan. I just don't, I don't like that. I mean, I, it's, it's like, I guess it's nice. It's a formal thing, whatever, but I just, when people call me Pastor Ryan, I'm like, just, yeah. it's just Ryan. Well, I'm, the, yeah, that's true. And the podcast is, uh, informal. I'm wearing a hat right now. Yeah. And that's true. <laughs> some, some won't even be able to see if they're listening to the audio. Only. And it's just a conversation. We a don't have many audio, li- audio only listeners, actually, mostly, mostly video people. All so, right. so they do see it. But anyways, yes, we're going to dive into the message as we continue in our series in the book of Acts. Yeah. So it's been, uh, we're a few weeks in. Now we're all the way to Acts 10 and 11. We talked uh, through 10 mostly, uh, but we didn't get, we touched on Acts 11, but not a whole lot. Is there anything that we, uh, that you would like to elaborate on 10 and 11 that you needed to clarify a little bit more? Yeah, let me, well, yeah, let me kind of just summarize what what happened in these right. chapters and and we'll we'll dive into some some deeper conversations. But um, but I, I think, so. so basically where we are at is we're really seeing, in Acts 1-8, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit coming, that Jesus told them that it would come and that they would be witnesses starting in Jerusalem, ultimately end to the ends of the earth. And here's where we're really getting past Jerusalem, past Judea, past Samaria, past Israel, essentially, to the ends of the earth, as we see a true Gentile convert um, where Peter is going to him, to this man, Cornelius, who is a centurion. He's part of the, uh, you know, Italian regiment. So he's part of this Roman empire, this Roman military. He is one of the oppressors in many ways, although he's not acting as an oppressor, he's acting as a God fear. And we're going to see Peter go proclaim the gospel to him, that he's going to receive the spirit. And we're all going to celebrate that this Gentile convert happened, which by the way, for most people watching, are probably do not have Jewish background. So this is right. good news for us that, Great that the Holy Spirit us. can come to the the Gentile, that the Gentiles can be welcomed into the family of mm-hmm. God as well and are, are brought in. Um, I, I did look in, and see that this is a this has been God's message from the very beginning, that God's plan was always to draw people towards him and to use those people to be a light to reach others. So the insiders would reach the outsiders to hopefully bring them inside, essentially, is what was happening. And so we see in this Cornelius' conversion, and we see him just responding to God and responding to God's call and being faithful to God's call. We see Peter with a little bit more hesitation. Now he's doing some things right in the story, but there is a struggle in Peter. And so it's important to look at Peter's heart and see, hey, his heart is not fully lined up with God. This call that Jesus gave him directly to say, you'll be a witness to the ends of the earth. Well, he's at the ends of the earth, right? Like sort of, I mean, he hasn't gone that far away, but but he is um, talking to someone who represents the ends of the earth and he's struggling with it. And he even says like, hey, I, I am now realizing that I'm not supposed to call you unclean. And, but he asks, like, why am I here? And so we see Peter's heart transformation as well. And then in Acts chapter 11, uh, we didn't really read into this, um, but let me just read the very beginning of Acts chapter 11. 
It says, the apostles and believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him Mm. and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. And so then Peter begins to explain the whole story about the vision and really what he does is he lets God defend God. Um, He's speaking truthfully and saying, hey, I learned something but it was God who taught me this, right? right? And sometimes I think we feel like we need to have all the answers. And there's a lot of things where people are like, well, why, like, why is it this? Or what is it, you know, it's like, well, hey, I'm just gonna point you to scripture and I'm gonna trust that God's word is truthful, even when it's challenging, even when it's hard. And so there's a good lesson there to like, hey, we don't always have to come up with answers or like defend God. We can just point to scripture and say, hey, I believe in God. I believe that he's holy. I believe that he's worth following. Here's what he says. Right. You got to wrestle through that on your own, right? Um, I, I, I'm not always the one who has to convince someone of this. Let God's word do that. Um, it, it does say in the end, it says when they, when they heard this, they heard the message that they had spoken in tongues and were baptized and all these things. It said that they had no further objections and praise God saying, so then even the Gentiles or even two Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And then it starts talking about the church in Antioch. And again, there's some who are primarily focused on the Jews, but then we start to see Barnabas comes in and he's speaking to the Gentiles. And so now we're seeing that really the message of the gospel is going forth to all people, uh, regardless of where they were at in the past, we're seeing that go forward. And so it's, it's an important moment for our church today and where we are at in, in our culture and our world. Um, but it's also a good lesson for Christians to look at themselves and say, Hey, am I behaving um, am I behaving properly? Am I, am I loving people the way God has called me to right. love? Am I accepting people the way God has called me to accept them um, and, and demonstrating what, who Christ wants me to be? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you touched on it a little bit, but we've been asking this uh, each week. If, if there's anything as you're going through the book of Acts, as you're doing your own study, is there anything that God is teaching you, you know, as you're going through it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just, and I think I kind of mentioned this on the podcast last week, and this kind of helped inform some of what I, I where I started the message with. Um, it, it really is that that lesson of, hey, maybe I'm not all the way there. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny as I'm like, as like what God is teaching me is to constantly be, uh, be a learner and right. to constantly evaluate and challenge Am I lined up with scripture? Am I lined up with what God is wanting me to do? Not just what culture wants me to do, because I think for Peter, he shifted to a culture that primarily worshiped God, where God fearers, and yet they had some, some bias and they had some, some actions and some thoughts that weren't from God. And yeah. because most of it was lined up, he thought everything is lined up. And so he had to evaluate his own heart and then challenge the heart of his culture, his church's culture, really, uh, of saying, hey, no, we're actually called to love these people and to demonstrate God's acceptance towards them. Um, they are welcomed into the family of God. And so for me, it's just, you know, it's it's a constant like going through and being like, where might I be having the same attitude as Peter? Where might right. I be thinking I have it figured out? And, and, and really, I think the temptation for myself, being someone who grew up in the church, who's always lived a life that at least somewhat uh, resembles, you know, sort of church moral good kind of thing. Um, it's easy to to think, oh, I have it figured out because, you know, I've never done ABC or or because I do, uh, you know, certain things that that we feel like would be good habits to practice that I have it all figured out. And it's like, yeah, you can you can go through the motions and still your heart is far from God and, and you're not Definitely. loving people the way God has called you to love. So 
it is that challenge of like looking within myself and saying, hey, don't ever get caught up in, I've done this for 30 years, I've done this for 50 years, I've done this for 70 years, so therefore I'm, I'm set. It's like Peter walked with Christ, yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit, more than anyone else should get it, and yet he still needs to be you know, given some grace and have a, a learning. Oh, moment. absolutely. You're always going to be learning. You're always going to be, you know, learning new things in your head. And then you just have to make sure it makes its way to your heart and then out to others from head to heart to out. And, yeah. um, that's good. We're, we're always, we're always learning. We're always learning new things and we'll never, we'll never have it all the way figured out because we're human. We're not God. We're not perfect. Well, which is a hard, <laughs> a hard thing to wrap your head around, but, but that's the truth. So, um, we talked about acceptance this week, you know, and acceptance is, is a huge thing in, in the culture today and just in the world in general. Um, it's all about acceptance, but what does acceptance mean, uh, from a biblical perspective? Yeah, the big thing, the way we tend to define this is by talking about what it's not. And so the easy one is to say it's not condemnation, right? That's that's easy in terms of understanding the definition of acceptance. So we're not quick to write people off. We're not quick to cancel people. We're not quick to push people away. Peter was doing this, by the way. Like this is this is what he was demonstrating was condemnation because he said, hey, I'm not supposed to go into your house because you're unclean. Yeah. Like if there's a person we feel like doesn't deserve our time, that isn't worthy of of us being uh, in relationship in terms of just demonstrating God's love, um, demonstrating forgiveness, demonstrating that acceptance too, then then we're probably on that condemnation side. And, and that can actually be a really easy thing to do in, in the church. Um, it, it can become really easy to look at people of other religions and, and say, we're gonna condemn them immediately. Yeah. Um, but what we should do is we should say, hey, they can still belong in relationship. They can still even come to our church. Now, we're not gonna let them preach, but yeah. uh, but we can accept them and, and say, yes, you you are still loved, um, you are still welcomed, and, and actually we would love for you to come and hear uh, what we know to be the truth. Right. Um, so we can find all different types of people who are behaving really poorly, not condemn them, but accept them. Jesus did that all the time, and he does that for us. And, and, and again, like we should understand that like Peter, like we're not special, just because we've been in church a long time. Like right. it's God who is special. It's God's grace that is special. Um, and the fact that we know that it is just, it's very humbling. Um, on the other side of acceptance is that we don't approve either. Right. And so again, there, there's not, you know, there's a mentality in some churches that want to be very universalist kind of thing. And where it's like, no, we don't ever want to tell someone they're wrong. And it's like, well, they're, you know, there are different religions with different beliefs and they can't all be right. Like they can't all lead to the same thing. It's not just about how genuine or sincere you are. So no, if we, if we have someone who believes in something different, it's like, we can still love them. We can still accept them where they're at, but that's also not going to be approving. So we're not like, oh great. Yeah. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. Like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll come and test your belief. It's like, no, like we, we hold strong to the truth. And so that's where we see a difference where culture shifting you know, maybe, maybe was more on the condemning side in the yeah. past. Um, and it's shifting. A lot of churches are shifting to an approval side. It's like, no, we want to stick in that middle ground. We want to be accepting. We, right. we don't condemn. Yeah. Cause but, but you, you see examples in the Bible where Jesus is accepting, but then after he accepts them, then he says, okay, now 
turn from your sin. Go and sin no more. Yeah, I think one of the best examples, well, there's two examples where he he encounters these these women and he really demonstrates this really well. In John 4, you see him interacting with the, the woman at the well who um, has had multiple husbands, yeah. who is living with someone who's not her husband. Like there's clearly some some biblical laws she is breaking. She is a Samaritan. She believes in, you know, she's worshiping incorrectly, honestly, right. and, and, and is believing some things that are just wrong. And yet Jesus just has a conversation with her and then he starts to speak truth to her. And, and then really he doesn't have that like that moment of saying, go and sin no more. But he basically leads her to this conversion point and is essentially saying, hey, I have something better for you. And another example is we see the, the woman who's caught in adultery, yep. who is brought before Jesus and they say, hey, the law says we should stone her. And that's true. Like that, that was by biblical law, they, they had the right to and maybe even should have stoned her. But Jesus turns it around and he says, hey, do you remember how you were accepted? Because all of you have sin that really is worthy of death. Mm. And he says, so if you have no sin, cast the first stone. And what he's doing is, is he's trying to reframe acceptance and say, hey, accept as you've been accepted. And, and then he finishes and he could have picked up a stone and been like, well, I have no sin, right? <laughs> and cast that stone. But instead he says, hey, no one else has condemned you. I'm not gonna condemn you either. And then he tells her, go and sin no more. Right. And so we see that perfect example of a lack of condemnation and a lack of approval where he's saying, I love you, but I have something better for you. Yeah. When we're talking about accepting, that's a great story to turn back to, because like we talked about last week with forgiven people must be forgiving people, accepted people must be accepting people. That's and that's a great example of how Jesus uh, how Jesus lived that out. And if we want an example of how to live, Jesus is the person that we turn to. So so that's really good. So uh, as we're diving into the text, uh, chapter 10 and 11, is there anything that we might have overlooked or that we skimmed by? Yeah, there's there's a couple little things. One that I just I love this moment because I love the way when when you read scripture, it all ties together and, and God creates this beautiful picture of just who he is from beginning to end. Um, but before even that, like just, just a reminder of who, you know, Cornelius is like, he's a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. Um, he's from Caesarea. Like he did not belong. He represents the enemy. Like, even though he is a, a God fearing man, God is working in him from the beginning. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't miss the, like we shouldn't just be quick to shun Peter because like, oh, how dare you not want to go to this man? Um, but we should pay attention to, there is real reason for bias there. Like, like they, uh, they're not at war with one another, but essentially they've been occupied and taken over by this enemy nation, right? And, and so it does go against a lot of things that probably we can easily feel. Like we should pay attention to the fact that, no, there, there's, there's real bias there. And and from a worldly perspective, there's real reason for bias and, and for, um, you know, for a desire to condemn. And yet God wants him to go. And so we need mm. to pay attention to the fact that that has always been the call for Peter. Um, but one thing I just love in tying things together is uh, that he is being so Cornelius is sending men to Joppa, uh, which is where Peter is. And Joppa is the place where Jonah left from, where he was supposed to go to the Ninevites. And instead he turns and tries to run from God. And, and it's a really cool moment because in both stories, you have this, this example of someone who doesn't want to go to the enemy, who doesn't want to go and extend God's grace to someone for maybe justifiable reasons. But Jonah chose to run 
And Peter actually is faithful. So Peter does have a moment where he gets this right, even though his heart is not right. Like he at least is obedient to God, even though he disagrees with God really in this moment. Um, but he is going to go. And, and so there's just this connection of like, you go back to Jonah's story. And really what that story is about is about a man who, who had a bias against people that God was trying to save. Mm -hmm. And God is extending incredible grace to these people. And Jonah feels like they don't deserve it because he has somehow gotten his head that he, he is better and he does deserve it or, or he is worthy of it. Like he is somehow has earned God's favor and God is constantly reminding us, no, like my grace is what is like what makes you. And so that's really what we need to pay attention to in the story is that, you know, Peter thinks he has earned something and he has to be reminded, oh no, I was accepted by, by God, by Christ oh, yeah. when I didn't deserve it. And so I can extend that to these people. And Jonah, even at the end of the story is like mad that the Ninevites got saved. And, <laughs> and I think honestly, like that's true of people. And like th there's people in church that would be like, I'm mad that that's a brother or sister in Christ because right. their behavior's off because yep. they offended me because they, they haven't done this as long as I have, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, I, just something that we, we should pay attention to just a little, like, I think cool moment where again, you don't really pay attention to a lot of the locations in scripture, but there's a lot of beauty in them at many times. Yeah. Uh, so you gave three, uh, three main points, three application points. And the first one was uh, that we need to be to establish great spiritual habits. Now, how does that play into us being accepting? Yeah, the biggest thing is that, you know, we see this in Peter that he's spending time in prayer and God meets him while he's in prayer. And so we just know that God shows up when we are worshiping, when we are praying, when we are fasting, when we are reading scripture, like this is how God speaks. It's how he chooses to kind of move in our lives. And so this is important, but one of the biggest things this does is when we actually spend time with God, right? Not just getting head knowledge. Peter had plenty of head knowledge. Um, the Pharisees had plenty of head knowledge. Jonah had plenty of head knowledge. Like, um, but when we are spending time with God, what it really does, like you look at the beginning of Acts 10 and you see Cornelius and he meets the angel of God and, and it says that he just stared at him in fear. Mm. And when you really encounter God and you really understand who he is, it's not like, oh yeah, I like, I deserve something from you. I've earned something from you. It's like, no, like we, we are left in fear and in awe. And, and so really when we are spending time with God, yes, it's helping us fall more in love with God, but it's also helping us to see the power and the beauty and the majesty of God as well. And so it's a good reminder that like, he is God, he is right. the head. This is not about me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really just how great and wonderful he is. And I think that's always where we have to start. Proverbs tells that the beginning of wisdom is it, like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all that's wisdom. Right. And so that's the starting point is to see God in glory and wonder and beauty mm -hmm. and majesty. Because if we don't start there, the rest of it doesn't make sense. And the grace is not as, as powerful as what it really is. Right, keeping God in that top spot in our life, keeping him in his proper place. And you mentioned, uh, the second thing that you mentioned is that we have to cr have the correct view of ourselves. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so I think if we see God for who he is, it helps us to see who we are as well. And, and again, I think Peter, I think of Jonah, like they started thinking highly of themselves because God had shown them some favor. God had shown them some grace. And they, and it's easy to begin to think, look how good and wonderful I am. Like, I, I get it, right? It's easy as a, um, as a Christian who's been around church for a long time to start thinking, yeah, like I am, I am a gift to God, right? Like I am, I, I'm so holy and wonderful and man, like God must love me because I'm doing all the right things. Like I've read through the Bible six times, you know, yeah. like it's like, I, I know what I'm doing. And so we just need to keep 
correct perspective of ourselves. Mm. I'll share a quick story. Um, when I when I was in college, well, I I played soccer in college at Jessup, and when I first wanted to play, I had to go to a tryout and go and try out. And the guys there were so incredibly kind to me, like they were so welcoming and they just felt like a family from the very first moment. Um, and even though I wasn't really that good and I was small and like kind of interrupting their practice, like they still welcomed me and encouraged me and, and, and were excited to have me out there. And, and it helped lead to like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to come here and play soccer. Over the years, as I was a player then, we had times where we had guys come in and some were really good and some were not. And it's like, but for all of them, you try and look back on that moment and, and remember what it was like to be accepted by a team of people that, again, were much better than I was. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's like, who am I who is not the star player, mm. who is not like some great person to like to be mad that someone else is here disrupting my routine or disrupting like my little family that we like how can I not accept them if, if I had been accepted by the team previously? And that's why I'm here. So that's right. Um, I think as Christians, it's the same thing. Like we, we are part of the team. And so we feel like this is my team and we start getting a little protective and we start feeling like, you know, this is, this is mine. And, and, and there's those on the outside, they're trying to come in and, and infiltrate this. That's right. It's like, no, like we're still that same, same person who showed up and really didn't belong. And yet we were accepted and welcomed. Mm. Like Amen. We, we go back to, Adam and Eve, like we are dust of the earth. Like we are sinners saved by grace. Like we deserve nothing. We've earned nothing. And yet God gives it to us anyway. So just keeping that correct perspective is important because if we're going to be accepting of others, we remember how we are accepted by Christ. And that's powerful. That's right. Well, that's good because Jessup is a, a Christian college. So it's good that they were demonstrating that acceptance of Christ. But you said that we need to be accepting people the same way that God accepted us and how, how were we accepted by Christ? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like I just said, you know, we, we were all sinners. Um, we, we were born in a state of sin. We deserve nothing from God. We've earned nothing from God. And, and yet God says to us in the same way he did to the woman at the well, or the woman who's caught in adultery or sinners and tax collector, like Zacchaeus or, you know, so many, I mean, the disciples, like he says, Hey, come and follow me. And, and really we should look and say, we don't deserve that. Like we haven't earned that, right? John the Baptist, when, when he comes to John the Baptist and he asks John to baptize him, he says, I'm not, I'm not worthy of like untying your sandals, right? Like, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not worthy of any of this. And, and yet Jesus welcomes him anyways, accepts him anyways. And so I, I think there's just a, a powerful message that, that God loves and accepts us where we are at. Romans tells us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. And so that's a powerful moment that while we are sinners, while we're in rebellion against God, God accepts us where we are at and desires something more for us and offers something more to us. And so yeah. that's how we have been accepted. And again, that's the acceptance that we need to then show to others is to say, okay, like you can, you can come into the family. Like yeah. um, it's, it's gonna be messy and it's gonna take you some time but we can disciple you and we'll help raise you up yeah. so you can figure this out. Yeah, that's something that's easier said than done. We know we should do it, but when it comes down to actually forgiving from actually uh, accepting people that have maybe wronged us or that that live differently than us, that um, are new to the faith, it's, it's easier said than done, but it's something that we are called to do and, and something that we need to get right. And what happens when we, what happens when we get acceptance right? And what happens when we get it wrong? Yeah, well, you know, I think when we get this wrong, I, I can picture Cornelius, you know, he gathers his family together, Peter walks in and the first thing Peter says basically is, 
uh, you know it's against our law to for me to be here because you're unclean. So what am I doing mm. here? And I just think of how deflating that must be. That if we are not accepting, if someone walks through the the doors of our church and we look at them and say, uh, "You're the you're the wrong political party. You're the wrong belief system. Uh, you've acted poorly in the past. You're not dressed the right way. Whatever it might be." Um, it's going to feel very defeating and it's going to send people away. Right. As a matter of fact, I heard a story of a pastor who went and he guest preached at, at a church and someone came up that was a little dressed kind of raggedly and, and they came in and one of the, the leaders of that church uh, basically said, oh, is that the best that you can, you can wear for God? And this person turned away and walked away sadly. And the pastor who was guest preaching was like, I just wanted to run after him and be like, no, you're okay. Like God loves you, he accepts you. Um, again, like God desires something better for us, but it starts by welcoming us in. And so if we get this wrong, people are gonna be turned off by the church. People are gonna walk away, yeah. um, some in anger, some like, oh yeah, that's what I thought. And some very sad because they wanted to belong. Mm -hmm. Like they wanted to figure it out and we're not giving them a chance. Like they were willing to, to, to come in and, and learn and be discipled and grow right. and like experience Jesus. And we didn't give them a chance. On the flip side, if we get this right, um, it, it, it changes the perspective of the church because yeah. all of a sudden the church can hold to truth and be accepting. And even though that doesn't quite mold with the world's view of acceptance, because uh, they think acceptance and approval are the same thing. Yep. Um, but I think if we get real acceptance correct, then they're gonna start to, to say, well, I may not like it, but I can't argue with, with who they are. I can't argue with the fact that like, God is doing something there. Like they treated me kindly, they treated me with love. And even though they disagreed with me or they told me my lifestyle was, was wrong or whatever it may be, like, they, they welcomed me in and, and I like those people. I just disagree with what they are, are preaching about. Mm. That's like, that's, you know, that would be worst case scenario if we got acceptance right. Best case scenario, of course, is that they experience that acceptance. And they're like, wow, I disagreed with you, but you are demonstrating something that is impossible that I yeah. don't see anywhere else. And so even though I disagree, I'm willing to let, to, to hear you out. I'm willing to let God do the work in my heart. And we see the miracle of transformation happen because we did the simple act of accepting people. That's right. Yeah. Accepting people, letting them belong as they figure out what it means to believe. And that hopefully the truth uh, transforms their behavior. Yeah, that's absolutely. good. That's good. So continuing in the book of Acts next week, where are we, where are we heading next week? Yep. We'll be diving into Acts chapter 12 and we're really going to see God's power versus man's power. We're going to see God's deliverance, um, that takes place. So excited to see this moment where, um, yeah, God, God delivers Peter from prison and to talk about how God can deliver us from all sorts of things. Um, and, and ultimately how God really does deliver all of his, all of his followers from things. So, yep. um, I'm excited for, to continue. And then after that, we kind of, we pick up the pace a little bit. I think we cover like two chapters a week from, from there on out pretty right. much. So picking up the pace after this. Well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, join us at one of our services. We have nine, 10 and 1045. You can join us online. 10 or 1045. Yep. And we hope to see you there.